Bible reading this morning comes to us from the book of Leviticus. As we are getting near wrapping up our Leviticus study, we've got this week and next week yet. Uh, this week we read together Leviticus 23 and uh, 24. Uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of Leviticus uh, 23. We're going to read verses 1 through 3, and then I'm going to jump to verse 44. Leviticus 23. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. The Sabbath. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. And then God moves in that chapter through other sacred assemblies, which are festivals that the uh, God's people were to celebrate, the Passover, where they remembered, they remembered what God had done as he led them out of the land of Egypt. The offering of the first fruits, when they came to their very first harvest, they were to have another sacred assembly to take the day and to celebrate God and bring them the very first of their offering, because he was the one who provided it to them. The festival of the weeks, which happened seven weeks later, as the next harvest came uh, time to be uh, cultivated, and they would then bring the first of that harvest to God. They would take the day again and celebrate the God who provided all of that to them in the festival of the weeks. As they moved into the fall season, there was the festival of the trumpets, where God would gather his people together again, for another day of Sabbath rest. And then the Day of Atonement, which we talked about uh, in our first half of our study, where God's people would take a day and come before his throne and, and clean their lives and clean the temple. It was a day of purification. And then the Festival of Tabernacles, where God's people would remember how he supplied for them as they lived in the wilderness. He provided manna, he provided quail, he sustained them in that environment as they lived outside. And again, God's people would remember and rehearse that again as they would live outside during this festival. And then God says to Moses, uh, tell your people, these are my appointed times where they are to come and rest before me and do these things. And so Moses, in verse 44, announced to the Israelites the appointed festivals of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I read a report this week from the National Safety Council, and they found that 97% of Americans, that's a fairly large number, right? That's a lot of people, uh, claimed and uh, indicated that they were suffering from at least one of the nine indicators of fatigue. Over half of those reported that they felt fatigued at least three to seven days a week, and the majority of those, over half, reported that they were unable to function clearly in their workplace. Fatigue. Anybody feeling tired this morning? You are not alone. Also, I read a report that over half of the people 
claim that stress is having a negative impact on their life. And these sort of factors begin to pile up. We see fatigue, we see stress, we see exhaustion, we see anxiety, we see people who are stretched to the limits, who have very little margins in their life. We see people who are weary, people who are worn out, and this seems to be the, the way it is, particularly in our country and in our life today. And friends, that is why Leviticus 23 here is such good news for us. Because our good, good Father comes to us in the middle of our fatigue and in the middle of our anxiety, in the middle of our stress and being worn out in our stretch schedules, and He says this to us. He says, rest. Rest. The Hebrew word for rest is Shabbat. And it means to stop. It means to cease. God said you have six days to do your work. But on this Sabbath day, you are to stop, cease, Shabbat, rest. is a holy day set aside for me. And so our good, good Father, our Creator God who made us and who knows what's best for us to function and best for us to flourish speaks into the life of His people. And He said, here's the rhythm of your life that you need to have so that you can have the abundant life that I promised to you is that in six days you shall do all your work, but on the seventh day... I want you to come bef- and I want you to rest. What a gift that is that God gives us. What a gift God is bringing to us. A gift of rest. And, and at the time, and I believe that this is still a day, a rhythm that God sets in place for us to honor in our day. That we are to be a people who engage in this same rhythm. And because as I look at this, I see that this really is something that God brought into the life of his people before the Mosaic Law. So if we say, well, that's just the law. No, God brought this principle into being before the Mosaic Law. In fact, God brought this principle in in the very beginning, didn't he? On the seventh day, God rested. He, he created everything on six days. The seventh day he rested, and we who are made in the very image of God are called to live into the image of him and into the rhythm that God has given us as an example, which he said is very good. And we too are to engage in rest. This was a crazy notion at the time when God gave it to his people. It it, it was ridiculous to think about. Because if you... Uh, wanted to have food, you needed to work. If you wanted to provide for your family, you needed to work. If you were going to sustain your livelihood and sustain your life around you, you needed to work. The only ones who did not work, the only ones who had leisure, were those who were very wealthy and in the ruling class. But all of those who who were laborers and who were common people... They never rested because they had to provide for themselves. 
fact, the, the Greeks, it's recorded, looked down on the Jews for taking a holiday every week. They thought they were lazy. <laughs> Look at them. They're lazy. They're taking a holiday each and every week. What's up with that? What were they doing? They were living into the rhythm. They were living into the, the order that God put out there for their lives. And friends, I believe we need to engage in that same sort of rhythm. Is that the, is that, would you say that that's the rhythm of, of your life? Do you set a rhythm of a Sabbath? Aren't you glad you're here this morning? Yeah, aren't you glad you're here? <laughs> you're like, yes, I'm here. The, the rhythm of a Sabbath in your life. Are you ordering your life around the rhythms of God and God's kingdom and God's call for us to rest? Or are you ordering your life around the rhythms of the world? Because the world does not say to us, rest. The world says to us, go, go, go. The world says to us, produce, produce, produce. The world says to us, accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. The world is continually saying to us, more, more, more. It almost puts a badge on us if we find ourselves exhausted because I've been working so hard and achieving so much and trying to do so many things. But that's the ways of the world. And can you see how different things are in the kingdom of God where God says, what I want you to do is my people, I want you to build into your life a rhythm and routine where you rest. How beautiful that is that God says that to his people. And maybe it's striking you as a little odd today, as it did the people back then. But if, if it's striking you as a little odd today, in, in the notion of it, you're like, oh my goodness sakes, there's no way that I could even rest. Or, oh my, he's talking about Sabbath again. Do we? Well, I thought we were done with this. Really, do I got this? Oh, and if you find that you're really pushing against this really hard this morning, then I would challenge you to think about who's ordering the rhythm of your life. Because we are people who seek first the kingdom of God. We live by God's ways, God's rules. We are different, remember? We're his holy people, his prized possession. And so we live according to God's ways, which are going to look very different than the ways of the world. So the world is not going to understand us this morning if we say we're taking a day of rest. That's counter to the way that our, our world thinks. But Jesus said that. He even said that. He said, come to me, all who are weary. I'll give you rest. Find it in me, said Jesus. Let's come and rest. That's who our God is. There's an old corny saying that said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because if you can't, you know, none of us will go, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go sin in that way. I'm not going to go do those evil things in that way. But he'll make you busy. And in the context of making you busy, he draws from your spirit. He draws from your soul. He draws from your relationships. And pretty soon your relationship with God is breaking down because you've never get, you haven't been able to give it any attention. You haven't been able to nurture it because you've been too busy to meet with God and spend time with God and hear from God. And so your soul begins to break down. We get so, so busy doing things that we don't have time to invest in our family and in the relationships with those around us. 
to spend time with our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ in community, and pretty soon we'll find that we are islands and we're isolated. And we get so busy doing things that what we find is that the very thing that gives us life and breath is drawn out of us as we continually are just draining ourselves over and over and over again. If the devil can't make us bad, he's going to make us busy because it pulls us away from the very life that God has in store for us. And we need to recognize that for what it is and call it is, is a lie, that being busy is good. He's the deceiver, right? He moves around like a, a, a prowling lion waiting to devour, and the way that sometimes he devours us is from our own selves, from our own schedules, from our own patterns, from our own habits. And pretty soon we've listened to that, which our culture says is so important, and we find ourselves way far away from where God desires us to be in what's, what's beautiful and what's life-giving in his kingdom. And so, friends, I believe that we need to elevate this idea of Sabbath that God gives to us. It is a beautiful gift that he gives to us, his people. Is the world going to understand it? Not at all. I don't expect them to. In fact, they may even find us to be foolish. But our God calls us to our Sabbath. And I believe that as we, we look towards this day, that we are setting aside for God's purposes, and that we are not engaging in our normal routine of life, that we set up some priorities on this day. And I believe that one of those priorities is that this becomes a day that I have set aside to remember. It's a day that I'm going to set aside to remember. Because I get going in the pace of life with my activities and my events and, and uh, my job and my priorities and my this and my that. This is the day that I come together and I remember the one that I serve. I remember as God's people did, with the very first fruits of their lives, the one who provided it to me. I remember the one who saved me. I remember the one who holds my life and breath in his hands. I remember what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. And so we come together to remember. Notice community. Have you seen that here in the book of Leviticus? Everything is about my people. My people. It's not you as an individual. It's not about you seeking out to the beach or out to the woods to remember. It's about you coming together with God's people, his family all of those that he has done a great thing in and through. And he says, I want you to come together as a sacred assembly, a holy assembly set aside together to me so that you can remember what I have done. And of course we know from reading our New Testament that there was a shift in that day, wasn't there? There was a shift as God's people began to remember what he, what he has done. It wasn't what he had done through the law. It was what he now has done through Jesus Christ. And so they moved the day of celebration and the day of the Lord's Day, they called it, to Sunday. Why? Because that was the day that Jesus rose from the dead and that Jesus won victory over sin and death. It was the day where everything that God promised in the Old Testament and through the law was fulfilled in and through Jesus Christ. And they said, we're going to get together and we are going to remember on that day together what Jesus has done for us. 
So they set it aside, and they would, nothing would come into that schedule because that's the most important thing, isn't it? What Jesus Christ has done in and through us. And they said, what else could infringe upon that? Nothing. So we're going to set it apart. We're going to come together, and we're going to remember together that story, and we're going to lift our voices in song. And as I hear you sing, and as I hear the person sing across from me, we give testimony in our song to the goodness of who God is, and, and your faith sustains me and lifts me up as we remember. We're going to engage together around the Lord's table, and we're going to break bread, and we're going to drink the cup, and we're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And, and we're going to gather around the font of baptism as that water washes away the sins. We're going to remember the only reason that I'm here today is because Jesus washed away my sins. And so now I have life abundant. I'm going to, and I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to remember this is such good news that God calls us as a community to bring that news out into the world. And I'm going to just share that with everybody that I know. And I'm going to be encouraged by you. And I'm going to be supported by you. And I'm going to be sustained by you. It's together we come together in a sacred assembly to remember. I think that needs to be a non-negotiable in our weekly schedule. In fact, in Hebrews, the author says, Do not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I think through this COVID period, some have developed a habit of not meeting together. I get it that some have to stay away because of health. I get that some need to not be present with us. I get that. And it probably will continue that way for a while. But there are some who have developed a habit of not even engaging online with us. Now, aren't you really glad you're here this morning? Aren't you glad you're watching online this morning? <laughs> but there are some who have developed this habit where I'm going to do so many other things. And don't you love that word neglect? I neglected it. Oh my goodness, I didn't, I didn't mean to let something encroach upon it, but it just seemed like that was an important thing. I didn't, I didn't mean to give up that day, but it, I, I just, it just seemed like I needed that rest. It didn't, it, I didn't mean to give up that day, but it just seemed like the sporting activity was, well, I, I could do it just this once, and pretty soon we develop a habit over and over again, I'm neglecting the Lord's day. But how about we build a habit of a rhythm in life where we set it aside and we remember it and we come as a non-negotiable together with my community and I get up in that morning and go, it's a beautiful day, right? It's a beautiful day because what do I get to do today? I get to get up this morning and I get to assemble. I get together with God's people and I get to remember what God has done for me. Oh my goodness, how beautiful is that? How awesome is that? What else could happen in my day today that would be better than that? A sale at Walmart? No. Watching the Buccaneers lose? No. What else could happen that would be better than that? Nothing. And we need to hold on to that day and say, yes, I'm going to remember my God. And I'm going to let that drive me into my week so a Satan starts pushing against me. No, I remember who God is. Remember who he is. And I remember greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. I'm going to continue to seek first the kingdom of God in all that I do. Because that's where life is found. And so we remember. And not only do we remember, I believe that we also, on this day, we set it aside, we remember, and then we renew. We renew. Because we can get weary. We can get exhausted. 
we can get worn out. We can get fatigued. We can feel like the very life drains out of us because of what we have to do in this world. We, ha- we do have responsibilities. We do have deadlines. We do have things that we have to meet that just sort of drain the energy out of us. And how awesome it is to have a day guilt-free that you're going to say this day is just about renewing my soul and renewing my spirit and allowing me to be who God created me to be and revive that life within me. It's a day of renewal. And so, friends, I think we need to think about those things that fill us up and make us who we are and the things that we love. And we also need to think about the things that drain us. And those are the things that we want to avoid. And so on this day, I'm going to do the things that fill me up. So in my life, I am going to probably want to go out in nature somewhere in some sunshine. And I'm going to walk a trail somewhere out in nature or along the boardwalk in Grand Haven, along the lake. I'm going to get outside. There may Somebody else is like, that does not renew me at all. Walking, I am going to sit. That'll, that'll renew me. And that can be your rhythm. This is where I'm going with this. It doesn't work for us to point fingers at one another and say, this is what is acceptable and not acceptable. What renews you? I'm going to be renewed maybe by reading a book, a good story, or getting into a good movie that is God-honoring. See, that's a piece of this. You can find things that you go, oh, that's renewal. That's good. I could do this thing. But it's not pointing us in the direction of the things that God values, that are of God's kingdom, and that are of worth to God. So I may find a good story that I can be engaged in. For me, I might have to find something creative to do, because when I'm doing something creative, uh, I think I'm more like God, as God was creative. And so I might engage in something along those lines. Maybe I'll write something, or maybe it'll be a drawing, or maybe it'll be some kind of art project. I don't know what your list is, but you want to do those things that, in, that renew you, that bring life to you. But you also want to avoid those things that drain you. And for me, anything that would have to do with accounting is not going to be done on this day. I am not, and, and it's not going to happen. Anything with numbers. You know what? I'm actually not going to gather with a large, other than my gathering in the morning, I'm not getting together with a large group of people the rest of the day. That does not renew me. I need to be left alone to recharge for my week ahead where I'm spending all week with people. And so I know that I need that. So that needs to be part of my renewal, part of, part of my rhythm. So I'm not, I'm not going to touch that at all. There are many things that you find that drain. I'm not going to do yard work, not at all. I am not going to pick weeds out of my garden. That is not renewing in any way, shape, or form. But could it be for somebody else? Yes, it could be. They just find that as beautiful, and I enjoy that, and it's renewal. You're sick, but I know that could be the way that you get renewed. That's okay. I get that. Because God created us all different, and we need to live into that. And there could be some good things, good things that maybe aren't all that bad, but we probably shouldn't do because maybe they relate to the rest of our, our work life and our activity, and I think we just want to separate those out on this day to be a day that's different. I think, and this is, this is my opinion, I don't know that we can find this in here, we can have a discussion about this, I think we should avoid buying things on this day because what controls the world that we live in? Consuming 
consumption. I think we should avoid that as much as, like, I'm just going to go shopping all day long. I know some of you, you love it. But I think it also buys into some of these values. I'm just saying some things we ought to consider because that's a consumer thing. I think we ought to think about taking a break, a Sabbath from social media, and a Sabbath from our phones, and a Sabbath from any sort of electronics in that way. Because I have found that they aren't really leading people in the direction of God. Going through all my emails, uh, responding to people on social media, these things control us and they consume us. But on this day, I'm saying, no, I'm going to let, this day is going to be different. Maybe we could do that. I want to challenge you to think about these things that are robbing you, that are robbing you, that are draining you, that are having a negative effect on you. And say, I'm not going to be engaged in that. This day is about filling and about renewing. And that's what's going to happen on this day. You see, the Pharisees were very uptight about what you could do and not do on the Sabbath day. And they decided, here are these things you may not do. We got rules and laws so that you're not working. And if you take this many steps, you're working. And if you say this many things, you're working. And then they would put laws around those laws just to make sure they wouldn't break them. And it became just a, the Sabbath was just miserable. And Jesus came along and he broke down some of those rules. He broke down some of those laws. Because it was better on this Sabbath that Jesus brought life into helping somebody than it was to ignore them. That was a thing of God. And Jesus declared in that in an encounter with them that Sabbath was made for a man. Not man, for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was God's gift to us, to breathe life into us. And we do that by renewing our spirit, by remembering who God is. And also I think we do it by restoring, restoring relationships. Because isn't that what life is about? Love God, love others. And on this day, we can set it aside is holy for God to say, God, I'm going to work on restoring relationships. Relationships with my, with my family. We're going to sit down and we're going to eat together. I think that's one of the beautiful things that I did see in the Jewish community as they practiced Shabbat in this day when we were in Israel. They know how to throw a festival. They know how to throw a meal and everybody is there. <coughs> and it goes on for hours and it is done at a high volume. It's probably uh, something that I w would find at the Valente family gathering. It would probably be just like that. It would be at this level with lots of good food and lots of good family, right? And uh, they would enjoy the family to build those relationships with one another. Maybe it's sitting down with your children and reading books together. Playing, a g playing games together as a family to build those connections. Maybe for you as a couple, it's a day of lovemaking. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, yeah. How about that? To renew that relationship. Now, aren't you really glad you were here today? All the guys are like, did you hear that, honey? Did you hear what the pastor said? Today before the Super Bowl? <laughs> but what a beautiful thing that is, because that's another gift that God gave us as couples. And what gets strained? We get tired, we get wore out, we get weary, we get short with one another, we get angry. But what if we had a time where we could just be together? How beautiful that is. And I think God intends this relational. 
Is it a time to call somebody that you haven't talked to in a while? Is it time to engage? Do you see where I'm going with this? That there's relational. Well, who is it that we can restore these relationships with? I think that makes a Sabbath day holy to God. So, friends, I just want to encourage you to live into God's call to this rhythm. I hope you begin to see how beautiful it is that God has given us this day. It's not like, oh, man, we've got to keep this Sabbath day. We've got to keep it holy. Oh, goodness. I don't really want to be a Christian if I've got to do that. But many of us approach it that way, don't we? But it's a beautiful gift. And it will breathe life into us. And I think the resistance comes because the enemy knows how productive it will be for us to live as God's people and to live into his kingdom. So we've got to look at this. Because our world is becoming more secular, and our world is not stopping. Unless, of course, you're Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby. But note, both of those are owned by Christian business people, and they're doing very well honoring God's principles, aren't they? Our world is not stopping. And if we can see what a beautiful gift this is that God gives to us and we receive it and say, I'm going to take this day, God, and I'm going to restore and, and I'm going to renew and I'm going to remember what you have done. Can you imagine where our faith would be? Can you imagine how that would elevate your walk with God and, your, and the spiritual dimension of your life? And parents, can you imagine what a gift it would be to your children where we find children now who are, who are stressed with anxiety who are just worried about their calendar and they can't keep up with the pace of life and social media is consuming them, that we would live into our baptismal vows and teach them the way of God and give them the gift of that this is a day that we are setting aside to remember, to renew, to restore. What a gift that would be and what a teaching that would be for God's children. I encourage you to live in to this day because in the book of Hebrews, we're told that God gave us the Sabbath to be a foretaste of heaven. Because a lot of questions I get asked are, will we be able to do this in heaven? Will we have any fun in heaven? Can this happen in heaven? Is that going to be there in heaven? And Christians act like they don't want to go to heaven because they believe that this world is better than heaven. But what if we had this Sabbath day in the rhythm of our life that was the one day that we looked forward to all week long? Guess what's coming? The Sabbath is coming. And I get to gather with my people. And we're going to remember the goodness of God. And we're going to lift up his name. And our spirits and our, our souls are going to be renewed. And, and I'm going to fill with the good things that God has for me to do. And relationally, I'm going to gather with my friends and family. And there will be no brokenness at all between us. It will just be a sweet time. And what if we did that week after week after week after week? And we just got so excited for that day, and it was so life-giving. Wouldn't we then be excited to go to heaven? Because we would have tasted it here on earth. And I think part of the problem is we're not tasting it. We're not even thinking about it. we got our eyes down here. And what we need to do is lift our eyes towards heaven and recognize that God has given us this gift so that we can get a taste of what it will be like to be in eternal glory. But right now, today, in the rhythm of our life, we can experience it. 
How awesome is that? And so people of God, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God, we thank you for these ancient words that have been preserved for us. And some people would want to just uh, claim that these are old and out of date. But God, we just see how alive your words are. We just see how full of life your, your truth is and in, in how your commands and, and how your will and how your ways lead us to a place of life. And we thank you for continuing to keep your word in front of us. And God, I ask in this day that we would live into your word and that we would be a people who fall in love with the Sabbath, who fall in love with this day, knowing that this will be a foretaste of what it's like to be in heaven with you forever. God, we thank you today that we can acknowledge that all that you offer to us and all that you instruct us is good and it's for our best because you are a good good father thank you for your gift of the sabbath thank you for your gift of salvation thank you for your gift of life and breath thank you for all that you have given us in our lives today we pray these things